0: Thank you. I'm Pastor Roger. Right now I'm feeling just a little bit like a deer in the headlights, you know. (laughs) But God will see us through and he will speak to our hearts. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this opportunity. Father, I just pray that you will glorify yourself. Encourage hearts. Help us to grow closer to you. And we'll give you the praise and honor and glory, which in your name we pray, amen. Uh, As I start here this morning, I just want to share just a very short testimony as to how I came to know Jesus Christ as my Savior. Um, My mom was the one that was in charge of taking all of us kids to church. It was me and my six brothers and sisters, there were seven of us. Dad didn't go to the church at that time, but Mom was faithful in doing that. Us three boys especially, I know it was a chore because we struggled and fought and didn't want to go and give all the reasons why. And, well, Dad doesn't go. Why do we got to go? But Mom was faithful in that. Mom did what she knew she had to do, what God wanted her to do. So all those years, and I went to I don't ever remember missing church. I know we probably did once in a while, but I don't ever remember missing church. Mom was faithful in that. I would give some reasons why we didn't need to go to church. But, you know, I don't ever remember also that she ever asked me if I wanted to go to church. Or she never said, well, Roger, would you like to go someplace else? Mom decided where you went and when you went. I know that runs in the face of things in our society today. But that's the way it was. And mom was faithful in that. And she did that for each one of our kids, us kids until we were graduated out of high school. When I was a senior, I still went to church every Sunday, although I hated it, had no desire for it, didn't want to be there. Also learned that the sick card didn't play very well either. <laughs> uh, if you said you were sick... You were sick, and you didn't go to church. You didn't get well when the family come home. You had to stay and sick. So I found out that didn't work too good. But anyhow, I want to share that with you. And like I say, I, I went to church from till the time I graduated. And then I left home for a little while, and me and my buddy got together and lived together, and we did some things that I really wish I wouldn't have done. Uh, got into life and things like that. The good thing that happened was that I met a young lady, and we fell in love, and I married her, and we had two little girls. When this one, my oldest daughter was three years old, and I remember it very distinctly. I asked Nancy the same thing. She remembers it, too. When she was three years old, we were sitting on the couch, and and Chrissy was on my lap, and I said, you know what? I remember back when Mom took me to church. I learned those Bible stories. They didn't mean anything to me, and they still didn't mean anything to me. But I think Christy ought to have a chance to go to church and hear them Bible stories. So the next week, that's where we were at. And two weeks later, I come to know Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I give God the praise and the glory and the honor for all that. For using my mom and her faithfulness to drag me to church. Even though I didn't want to and I fought her all the time. She was faithful and God used that in my life to bring me to Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you parents. I don't care what your kids think. I don't really care if they don't want to come. Be faithful and bring them to church. Grandparents encourage them. You never know what's going to happen. You never know how God's going to use that. Today we're going to be in uh, the book of Psalms. Let me ask you a question. It's a pretty silly question. But you ever think about the fact if you weren't a human being and you were an animal, what kind of an animal would you like to be? What kind of an animal would you re- relate to? I've thought about this. I think probably I'd relate to a groundhog. <laughs> Low and slow, likes to get into the dirt. Everybody else can be working, and then they get done, and they're fairly clean, but I, I like to get it up close and personal, you know? I'll be a mess, you know? But that's just kind of like what I relate to. Well, you know, God in the Scriptures relates us to something different. He relates us to sheep. <laughs> and, and I saw the, the picture of the sheep up there in the shepherd. And, and that's, a, um, that's a, a scenario that God uses often in Scripture to show his great love for his people. It's the shepherd and the sheep relationship. Now, we might not think that's, you might think, I don't like being a sheep. I don't really like that thought and stuff. But back in those days, in the biblical times, that was a normal thing. Everybody knew about shepherding and sheep. What we're going to look at today is, is David, and we're going to be in Psalms 23. And it'll be just the first verse in that one, Psalms 23. Um, and, and let me give you a, I don't know what you call it, but let me tell you, say this. As we talk today and as I share the, the scriptures and I share God shepherding us and, and us being the sheep, everything I say today is for those who know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Those who are part of his flock, those who have come to the point where you have understood your need for him and your, your, your dependency upon him and the fact that he died for your sins and you've come to the, to the point where you know that you're a sinner, that Jesus died for you, he rose again and is sitting at the right hand of God, and I need that. If you're not there, if you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, this message is not for you, other than the fact that you might want to be under his care. So, as we talk today, we're going to be using Psalms 23, verse 1, and then we're going to go to Psalms 139, verses 1 through 6, mostly. David wrote both of these Psalms, and we got to remember who David was. David grew up being a shepherd. He knew what it was like. He knew what it took to be a good shepherd. He knew what they needed, and he knew, he knew it was a hard job being a good shepherd. If you remember that David, when he went to fight Goliath, he used the fact that, God had, uh, that he had fought the bear and the lion and took care of his sheep. The shepherd had to be willing to give up his life for his sheep. It wasn't an easy task, but it was because... He had a great love for his sheep. He had a great um, uh, compassion for his sheep. You know that in the scriptures, the sheep, the shepherd motif is used over 500 times. in God's showing in some way or another his love for his people. It was a personal, compassionate thing, this, this relationship with his uh, the shepherd with his sheep. So when... When David, in in Psalms chapter 23, verse 1, when he makes this simple but profound statement, what does it imply? When he says, the Lord is my shepherd, what does that imply? David knew all about sheep, sheep and shepherding. Now, remember, David is speaking as one of the sheep here. He is speaking as one of the sheep. David understood. When he said that, David understood that he needed somebody to guide him. He understood that on his own, he could not make it. He understood that he was helpless. Sheep. God compares us to him all the time. Why do they do that? Sheep are Hard-headed, they're stiff-necked, they don't learn very quick. What I read, and I think it's true, they're pretty stupid. <laughs> um, we, we, we tend to think we know something, we'll go our own way, and we get ourselves in trouble. You know, of all the domestic animals, sheep is probably one of the hardest to raise, If you turn a a cow or a dog or a a pig or a goat out and just let them, they will adapt. They will become part of nature. They'll go feral, and and they'll be able to take care of themselves most of the time. But if you you turn a sheep loose and don't take care of him, and you don't meet his needs, he won't last very long. (laughs) Uh, He has very little defense systems. And David understood that. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. He, he was realizing, he was come to the point where I need somebody to run my life. I don't know where David was at during this time in his life. I don't know if he had already went through a lot of the struggles he had went through with uh, Saul and uh, his son and, uh, uh, you know, just life to, uh, with uh, Bathsheba. Uh, I don't know where he was at, but he he come to the realization that I need somebody, I need God to run my life. So he understood that part of it. And then he's saying, the Lord is my shepherd. And you know what I think? I think when he said that, he didn't just say, oh, the Lord is my shepherd. I think when he said that, he said, would you look at who my shepherd is? Would you look at that? This is. The God, the creator of the universe, the great I am, the one who separated day and night, who hung the stars. Hey, shit! David was a shepherd boy. He spent many nights out, out there in the fields watching over his sheep, sitting there with his little fire, with the sheep pen, looking up at the stars. And he says, the God that hung those is my shepherd. The one who keeps him in place is my shepherd. I think David was pretty excited about that. Look who my shepherd is. Wow. When he made that statement, it meant a profound and practical working relationship Between a human being and his maker. David also realized that his shepherd made him. Created him. It means a mere mortal. When he made that statement, the Lord is my shepherd. It means a mere mortal becomes the cherished object of divine diligence. You think David was excited about that? I believe he believed it with all of his heart too. The Lord is my shepherd. And then he said, I shall not want. You know what I think he's saying? We know that David had needs. We know he had wants. Like I said before, Saul was trying to kill him every time he saw him, it seemed like. His son even turned against him and tried to kill him. Um, Other times in his life, We know that David was on the run and he had needs. But I think what David was saying here with the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I think he was saying, I'm satisfied with my shepherd. I'm satisfied. I don't care what comes. Regardless, I am satisfied with the one who has been put in charge over me. Man, have you become that way? Have I become that way? Am I satisfied with God? Even when it's hard and and I don't know what to do and it seems like God isn't there, let me tell you, He is there. He's there. Our shepherd is always in the field, He's always keeping watch. Our shepherd is the one who fills the universe. His throne is in heaven, and his footstool is in the earth. Our shepherd is always on the, on the job. He's never back in the cabin asleep. And whatever the sheep go through, he goes through. That's a good shepherd. Whatever the sheep go through, he's out there going through it with them. So our shepherd, and David realized this in the statement that he made, he realized all this stuff. Now let's go to Psalms 139. Psalms 139. This is a psalm that has been with me for probably over 30 years. Kurt and Ramona, I was in a little church with them, and we had the Word of Life Club, and we encouraged the kids. This was a job that we were going to uh, memorize, Psalms 139. And and I did that. At one time, I did have that, and now I forgot it, but... I know it now. I've reiterated my life, reintroduced it in my life. Psalms 139 is a psalm that has brought me through a lot of deep water and, and, and has been a real encouragement and a, and a blessing to me. We're going to be looking at the first six verses mainly um, of 139. But here again, I think when David opens this up, I think the thing that's on his mind is his shepherd. He says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. I think he could very easily say, My shepherd has searched me and known me. He knows my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought from afar. His shepherd knew everything about him. You know why I like One of the reasons I like this, this portion of Scripture, the Psalms, I can be real. <laughs> I can be real in it. I don't have to pretend. I don't have to try to make myself better than I am. I don't have to try to fool anybody because our shepherd, he knows. He understands my thoughts. I I might be able to fool some people, I might be able to do this, might be able to do that, but my shepherd knows me beyond measure, knows everything about me. I don't have to pretend with God, don't have to pretend with my shepherd. I really like that. Sometimes it's really humbling, because you know that we don't always have the best thoughts in the world. (laughs) We don't always have those pure thoughts that we share with everybody else. Everybody else thinks, oh man, they're so godly. But we don't always, but God knows that. Our shepherd knows that. And he says, in Hebrews, he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Even though he knows my thoughts, he knows his sheep's thoughts, he knows Roger Hendershot's thoughts, he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm sticking in the field with you and we'll be there. Look at uh, verses 13 through 16. It says, You formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lower parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were written. Amazing. The days fashioned for me when as yet there was none of them. God was there. Our shepherd was there when we were being made. (laughs) Even before our, our parts were formed, What did he say? When your unformed parts weren't even brought together yet. He said, I wrote them in my book. Our shepherd keeps a book on us, on his children, on his sheep. He keeps a book on them. That's amazing to me. We can trust him. He's going to take care of it. He loves the things that he created. He created you. When you know that the creator of the universe loves you so much that he's going to write your name down before you're even born. He knows what's going on. That should lift our spirits, guys. As sheep, we ought to be the happiest sheep in the whole country. We ought to be rejoicing over that. The Lord is my shepherd. He created me. He knows me. I can't believe... That when he was creating, I can believe. I, I'm, that's a state. That's a, I can believe. I do believe. I don't understand, I guess. That God created Roger Hendershot and knew what he was going to be like. And knew all of his thoughts ahead of time. And yet he drawed me into himself. He did the same thing for every one of his sheep that know him as their Savior. How Make you rejoice. That ought to keep you going. That ought to keep us keeping on. <laughs> and, and, and just wanting to praise our Savior. David was that. I think David was excited about this. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts from before. Here's a thought. Something I learned when I was studying this. And I've, I've known it for quite a while now. But, um, you know, the sitting down and the rising up in verse 2, that kind of depicts the whole day. You know, God's with us the whole day. When I get up, then when I sit down at night, he's with me. He's with you as your sheep. And that's really important as a shepherd and a sheep relationship. Does anybody here know what a cast sheep is? There's a couple that probably do. But what a cast sheep is, and it's usually a really good healthy sheep, really nice sheep, looks good, mature, shepherd likes him, but a cast sheep is one that after he's eaten well and Got a little drink, and he'll go over here in the shade where he's away from the bugs and stuff that uh, distract him, and it's nice and cool, and he'll find he might run off one of the little sheep because that's the way sheep do. They have a pecking order, too, just like we try to. <laughs> but um, he'd go over there, and he'd lay down, and he'd get really comfortable, maybe find a little depression in the, in the dirt where it's really comfortable. And he's thinking, man, this is really good. And he'll stretch out a little bit forward, maybe lay on his side a little bit. But there comes a time in this process where he gets over the tipping point. (laughs) And it's supposedly true that he gets too comfortable and he rolls over and he ends up on his back and he can't get up. That's a cast sheep. Anytime the shepherd goes out on out in the field in the morning and he looks over his sheep and he names them, and he, all that, where's so old Raggedy here? I bet she's cast. And he goes looking for her. Man, it's really important that our shepherd knows everything about where we're at during the day. Because a cast sheep won't last long. Depending on the weather, if it's Extremely hot or extremely cold, he'll just lay there by and kicking his feet and he can't get up and he'll die. Or the enemy, the wolves and the coyotes and stuff like that, know he's easy picking too. So it's important that the shepherd knows where his sheep at and he goes and he finds that cast sheep. And it gets him up on his feet and he starts rubbing his legs and gets the circulation back and brings him back to the flock. Isn't that the way we are? We get very comfortable with our lives. We get comfortable with our Christianity. We get comfortable. Oh, I'm here. I'm there and, and I'm better than this. And I, I don't, that doesn't bother me. David knew (laughs) I need help. We never go to the point where we don't need the shepherds help, and watch care, and depending upon him, regardless of where we're at in our walk with the Lord. If we get too comfortable, we can end up like that sheep that is cast and he's defenseless. Man, we need one another. We need our shepherd. We need, it is important as as here that our shepherd knows where we're at. I am so glad that God, my shepherd, knows where I'm at in my life and the things that are going through my mind and the things that are, are, I'm thinking about and the things that are on my tongue. I'm glad about that. Verse 3, it says, You search out, some might have comprehend, You search out my path and my lying down. I like this passage. This verse 2, you search out my path. When I was growing up, when I was growing up, I lived on a 130-acre piece of mountain. It had a couple fields and, and things like that, and we had paths going everywhere. We had a path to the chicken house. We had a path to the hog pen. We had a path to the tractor shed. We had a path to the, to the, the spring house. We had a path that we went on to go get the cows. Everything was paths. That's why Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 are so important to me. Uh, You know, he, he will direct your paths. He'll make them straight. But I can remember, Jesus says here, he says, a good shepherd will search out your path. I can remember, it was always nice to have somebody with you to go ahead of you. Maybe it was an older brother or sister. Maybe it was Dad to go ahead of you on them paths because they were usually grown up on the sides. They were The cow path was rocky and curvy, and it was dangerous, man. It was always nice to have somebody with you to go ahead of you and just make sure everything was okay. And Jesus says, that's what I'll do for my sheep. I'll go ahead of you. I'll search the path out. Man, I'm, hopefully I don't get to crying, but... Uh, um, We've seen that in our church life, haven't we? We have seen that, how God searches out our paths. We've been on a few paths that, that wasn't the one he wanted us on. And there were some dangers in that. And there was some tribulation. And there's, there's things that he knew that we didn't know. But he was there searching out. He says, that's what I do as a good shepherd. I'll search out your path. And you're lying down. I'll go ahead of you. I'll go before you. Man, thank God for that. I search out my, he, you search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. Here, verse five is one that I'm certain that David, when he was writing this, he knew exactly what, what God was meaning. He says, Verse 5, you have hedged me in behind and before and laid your hand upon me. You have hedged me in. Back when David was out there taking care of sheep on the hillsides and it's getting dark and he needs a place to keep his sheep. He either makes one of these or maybe they've already been made and they're scattered all over the hillside. But he needs a sheep pen to keep his sheep. So what he does, he takes up all the sticky branches and the thorn branches and the sticks. And he makes a little corral for the sheep. And he hems them in. (laughs) He hedges them in. He puts them in there. And the only opening is just a little opening where the sheep can go in. And they're safe. And the shepherd sets in the door so that nothing goes in or out unless it goes over the shepherd. Jesus Christ said in John chapter 10 that I'm the door. Nobody comes in and out. He said, I'm the good shepherd. I give my life for the sheep. I've read and heard that sometimes, why, when they put these sheep in there and during the night, the only way is is over the shepherd, and something will come in, or maybe robbers or whoever, and they have to go by the shepherd. But the shepherd loses his life for his sheep, because that's the only way. He gives his life up for his sheep. He's, when David read that or penned this, I'm sure he was thinking, my shepherd has me hedged in and he's sitting in front of the door. It says he has his hand upon him. And maybe it's a little sheep there sitting laying by, beside of it, keeping one, he to get his hand on it. But what a picture. God's got us covered. He's got us covered. He's got us protected. Nothing can get into him. See if I can find it here. And this is a portion of scripture that is very dear to me. John chapter ten, verses twenty-seven through thirty. See if I got my quarter. I need a quarter for this. When I got saved, like I said, we went to church, took Christie. Robin wasn't born yet, but when when we did that, why well, the next two weeks in a row, why well, on a Thursday night, why well, there's two men at my door knocking on the door and wanting to talk to me about Jesus. And he used these verses. I might get to crying over this. <laughs> um, oh, John Conrad. He was a godly saint. And he used these scriptures. He said, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any pluck them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Old John, he was probably in his late 70s at that time, he said, this is you, that quarter of you. This is Jesus. You're in Jesus' hand. He says, nobody's able to snatch him out of Jesus' hand. He says, the Father which gave them to me is greater than all. And this is the Father's hand. And no one is able to snatch him out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. And that's the the, the illustration that he gave me that I could know if I trusted him, I would be safe. Nobody can snatch me out of Jesus's hand or God's hand. And they're one. We are in Christ. Our lives are hidden with Christ in God. So we're safe. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. In verse 6, David says, I can't comprehend this. It's too much for me. I think, Dave, I think it blew David's mind to think about these things. It ought to blow our minds. Why should the creator of the universe care about us? But he does. The fact is, he does. We're in his hands. We're in his father's hands. And he's taking care of us. And he's going to shepherd us for eternity. I'm going to close with this last verse. And it's one that I just found two weeks ago. He begins scripture saying, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the one that takes care of the flock. He ends it that way too. In Revelation chapter 7. We'll start at verse 14. And this, this is a, a scene in heaven. Said, I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he sets on the throne, and he who sets on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger any more nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat, for the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them. I like that. Our good shepherd is still taking care of us. Shepherd them to living fountains of water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Let's close. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your goodness to us. I thank you for your great compassion and your love for us. Help us to be faithful. Give you the honor and praise for all things. Jesus name. Amen.
1: Thank you, Pastor Roger. Mm -hmm. Give us a uh, high definition picture of our Lord and Savior, our great shepherd. You know, it's a wise thing to listen to the words of an elder. And I mean that in many senses of the word. And to hear his testimony and to hear how God has worked in his life. And I guess the thing that that I want to just wrap up here with is this. You know, Roger started and said, if you don't know Christ, this isn't you. I love the 23rd Psalm. I tell you, if Roger and I had a nickel for every time that he and I have sat at a restaurant and talked about Psalm 23... Well, we could buy some coffee with those nickels, I'm quite sure of it. And we've learned to love that psalm. And one of the things that kind of frustrates me about it is kind of, people kind of view it as the funeral psalm. And you hear Psalm 23 a lot of times at funerals. And people will sit there and they'll listen and, and hear this talk of God being our shepherd. And I often think, are they applying this to themselves? But they're outside of Christ. What a shame that would be. Listen, don't make that mistake today. God wants that kind of relationship with you, but it only happens through the Lord Jesus Christ. It only happens, it, it's only formed with those who put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, what he did at the cross. That's the only people that this applies to. God is not our shepherd until we come through the Lord Jesus Christ. So don't put him off today. If today's the day when God is awaking in your heart to these truths, respond to him because he wants to be your shepherd.